welcome back to the last slice of pizza. I am your host James and today we are going through the first episode of season three Deception and it begins with an alarm ringing at a bank where we see Jinx, Gizmo and Mammoth stealing the golden jewelry. Mammoth is struggling to lift a stack of gold bars and asks for a hand and Cyborg comes in and says how about a foot and kicks him. So the Hive kids turn and see the rest of the titans appear and they are ready for combat the hive kids begin their counteroffensive with gizmo creating holographic clones of himself to confuse robin tries to find the real one but the real mammoth comes in for an attack robin gets out of the way while raven shields herself from the uh impact so jinx knocks raven back once the shield is down and begins to bring the roof down so as the titans uh, defend themselves from the falling roof. Cyborg points out that this is the third, like, highest they did in, like, one week, and it's getting on his nerves. And Robin replies that the new hive leader has to be up to something. And Jinx says, and wouldn't you like to know? Starfire knocks her out with a bolt and says, yes, we would! And as the fight goes on, we see that the real gizmo has been hiding to take some more valuables. However, he gets spat on by Llama Beast Boy, who turns into a dinosaur. I'm not sure the name of this dinosaur. It looks kind of like a Velociraptor, but it has stripes and those like upward scale things that you see on some lizards. It could be a raptor of some kind, but I don't know the name for sure. It's a terrifying creature, to be sure. And Gizmo is terrified, rightly so, and like you know, uses his pack to just, like, fly away, but, uh, you know, Beast Boy chases after him, but, uh, he gets hit and knocked down by, uh, Mammoth throwing a rock, and then, uh, Cyborg comes in and kicks Mammoth away. Gizmo then shows up to press a button to attract Cyborg to a magnet he had planted, and Cyborg is very furious about this. <laughs> Raven blasts Jinx, and uh, this shocks Gizmo, and the other three Titans are ready to, you know, fight still, but the Hive kids decide to cut their losses and retreat. However, we see a blinking light on Jinx. Cyborg gets down, Magnet still attached to him, and wants to go after them for magnetizing him, but Robin says it's okay, since they have a tracker on them. And then the theme song plays. So... The next day at Titans Tower, the Titans are excited that they've figured out the location of uh, Hive Academy. Raven wants to do a full-on assault, but Robin cautions her, saying that they need to know what uh, the plan is, otherwise they could walk into a trap. And Beast Boy is excited because it sounds like an espionage mission. He then shows off his prowess for disguise as he turns into different animals. And Raven remarks that no one will notice a green mongoose. Robin says, sorry, Beast Boy, but we're going to go with someone with a different disguise. And then Beast Boy asks, what are you going to do? Dress Cyborg up as a washing machine? He taps on Cyborg only for Cyborg to fall down and Beast Boy is startled. And we learn, though, that that isn't Cyborg, but a fully robotic replacement. 
as Cyborg walks in and says, and he continues, not as charismatic, but he can still bench press a bus. Starfire knocks his head and the double says, booyah, and the head springs up. Cyborg uh, puts the head back down and says that there are some bugs that they need to work out. Beast Boy points out that he may be green, but Cyborg is half machine. Why does he get to go? And Cyborg answers, because I have a new toy. He shows off these rings he has, and when he brings them together, he flashes and we see a fully human Cyborg. And everyone is impressed with Starfire pointing out that uh, it's a holographic generator. And Beast Boy is like, you totally, and then Raven finishes unplugged. And Robin is impressed and says, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you were normal. Cyborg is like, yeah, yeah. Who? That line is is potent. And I I've discussed the probably unintentional transcoding of Cyborg before, and I'm gonna bring it back here. I the rest of it is mostly saved for the end, but like that line is just so potent that like. That that needs to be addressed right now. Because, <laughs> like, I'm sure Robin had the best of intentions there. But those those words, they're, they're a little problematic, to say the least. And, like, I understand the difference between being trans and being part machine. And I know Cyborg has called himself abnormal before. But wanting to be seen as normal despite everything is, like, this weird universal feeling that, like, all of us have. It's not just, like, trans people, but, like, I don't know. It's at top of mind recently. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. There's that new wizard game out. Maybe that's why it's at top of mind. <laughs> but whatever. It's this weird dichotomy where we understand that there's no such thing as normal, but we want to be treated as such, but it's more, we want to be treated with respect and dignity. And like, that's normal. Just being treated with respect and dignity is normal. And just like, despite everything, we still want to be treated with respect and dignity. And uh, as uh, will be seen later, that's kind of a theme throughout this episode. So yeah, let's, uh, that's, uh, that's all I'm gonna say about it for now. So we then see Cyborg uh, flexing in the mirror, checking out the human illusion out. And he notices Starfire and gets a little embarrassed. Starfire says the door was open. And uh, Cyborg says, that's cool. And then he goes into how he forgot what it's like to have real hands. Well, almost real. Starfire says that it is a good disguise, but she prefers the original. Cyborg laughs nervously and says, this is the original. Starfire tries to comfort him, but before they can go on, Robin interrupts and says, It's time. So at Hive Academy, Cyborg in disguise is getting lunch, 
And a nice little detail is that they have the former headmistress on a milk carton that reads missing, which is, which is nice. So Cyborg tells himself to play it cool, and then when all the students look at him, he awkwardly goes, Mmm, sloppy joes, just like the mad scientist who created me used to make. The others go back to what they were doing, and Cyborg is relieved. So some of the people in the cafeteria are wearing robes, which we'll, we'll touch on that later. So uh, Cyborg goes to sit down, but Mammoth comes over and says, you're in my spot. Gizmo and Jinx come over, and Gizmo goes into his usual routine of childish insults, whereas Jinx is more inquisitive and senses a level of familiarity and asks, did you go to Darkway Prep? So Mammoth steals his sloppy Joe, and Gizmo uses one of his gizmos to launch him away. Everyone laughs, and then Cyborg uses his holographic generator rings to make himself appear covered in stone, and he punches the table, destroying it, and everyone is impressed, and he says, My name is Stone. Looks like you're going to need to find a new table. Jinx wants to see how he does in combat practice, but everyone is impressed. So this is a fun little nod, as Cyborg's real name is Victor Stone. And... Yes. So this will be the last time I go into the trans experience, which I will tell you right now, I am not an expert in that in any way, shape or form before the end. This will be the last time we do it before the end. But Cyborg doesn't stop being Victor Stone. It's just Cyborg is that on top of that. And like there are trans and non-binary people who don't change their names. It's not like entirely common, but it's a thing that they can do. But you know, it it's different in that like, you know, superheroes have the superhero name. Like, that's apart from their usual name. And there are times where, like, oh, who's the real person in there? Is it is it Victor Stone, the student, or Cyborg, the hero? And I don't know. Like, for, for trans people, when they choose a different name, or, yeah, a different name than the one they got at birth, that's just their name now, but there is also a, like, process where it's, like, I'm not out to this person yet, so, like, that old name, that dead name is fine for the time being until, you know, we get to this process, but, like, the show doesn't really call him Victor, and to everyone, he is cyborg. Except for now, but that's like, you know, extenuating circumstances. But, yeah. So, the whole, like, name thing is a little different. But, like, similar enough. I don't know. I'm not an expert. I'm rambling incredibly hard on this. And... I'm just I'm just falling flat, I think. Uh 
So let's uh let's just let's just move on. So combat training begins. And Stone is paired with oh yeah, I'm gonna be just calling him Stone unless otherwise specified, because it, it just makes sense for it yeah, I I am I'm tripping over so many of my words today. Or in this last few minutes. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, most of the time for the rest of the episode, he's going to be stone. There are times where I will call him cyborg, but most of the time he's going to be stone. So stone is paired with Jinx, Mammoth, and Gizmo. As it starts, they go into Delta formation, but stone says he doesn't know what it is, and Mammoth tells him to move out of the way. So some robots show up, and stone prepares to take them on. So turrets appear, and Jinx avoid the um, blasts they shoot, while Gizmo shoots them down with his own little rockets. But spikes pop up, which Gizmo then dodges and Mammoth destroys. The two turn back and see Stone struggling with some of the robots and make fun of him. But Jinx tells them to cool it as the headmaster is watching. They look to see a man in white robes in the shadows and decide to press on. So if that's not ominous, I don't know what is. But then more turrets show up, but instead of shooting like blasts, they shoot out these tentacle things that uh, grab Jinx, Mammoth, and Gizmo and render them like incapacitated. Stone frees himself from the robots and starts making his way to the finish line. Some tentacles shoot out to try and grab him, but he avoids them by jumping on them and crushing them. He passes by the trio, only for more turrets to show up, but this time they shoot stuff. And uh, Stone realizes he has to save them, so he picks up parts of the floor and just throws them to both free the trio and destroy the turrets. Stone offers to help them with a gloating smile, and then they rush across the finish line. So Stone begins to celebrate, but Gizmo tells him to cool it, gravel brain. The headmaster comes down. He starts yelling at Stone about how he snuck into his academy, destroyed my stuff, and made his top students look like amateur pickpockets. You must think you're clever. Well, you're not clever. You're brilliant. And Stone relaxes at this. So Stone compliments the school and inquires about the headmaster's name. He introduces himself as Blood, Brother Blood. And then they shake hands and Brother Blood seems to notice something. Oh boy, with a name like Brother Blood, you know this guy's evil. I mean, he is in charge of like an academy for upcoming villains, but <laughs> but with a name like Brother Blood, that just screams like extra evil and then he turns to the trio and begins chastising them thoroughly and gets really intense and they are shaking initially but then brother blood turns his eyes red and says have i made myself clear the kid's eyes also go red and say yes brother blood and oh boy Oh, I love, I love Brother Blood. Like, right from the outset, you know he's evil. You know he's sort of controlling people. Like, he has these white robes with, like, a little, like, gold and black uh, 
thing on top of them. I don't know what it's called. I want to say Laurel, but I don't think that's right. But, like, he, he can go from, like, calm to, like, intense and yelling on a dime. It is... It is magnificent, and, like, John DiMaggio's voice acting here is brilliant. Oh, man. Br Brother Blood is, is so good. I get into this later at the end, but, like... Oh, he's such a good villain right from the start, and I like it. So then Brother Blood explains that in a few days he will reveal the class project... And when it's revealed, their enemies will tremble. The other students' eyes go red and they start chanting as Stone watches. And yeah, this is this is definitely a brainwashy cult. So if, if everything else didn't intimidate you, he has the power to brainwash people too. So at the tower, the others are a little worried about Cyborg not checking in. Robin tells them to uh, give them some breathing room. Beast Boy then says, Besides, who needs him? This new cyborg is way better. And he has him dressed up in a little hat and a feather boa. And Robin and Raven are annoyed. And uh, Robin says, I don't think Cyborg would like... But Cyborg interrupts calling in saying how he's already the top butt kicker at the academy. Everyone else is excited while Beast Boy hides the hat and boa so they ask him what's up and cyborg explains the details of that there is a class project but he has no idea what it is and robin asks him to find out quickly and get out but cyborg says he doesn't want to stay and then that there have also been close calls and one of them comes up right now as he is approached by gizmo jinx and mammoth and they intend to do something so uh they continue to surround Stone and inform him that there's no escape because the whole school's in on it. When asked, they explain it's his initiation. They bring out a tutu and a unicycle. Stone says, that's it? And Mammoth replies, don't laugh. You have to eat the unicycle. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I think that's like the best line in, like, the, it's the best line in the episode for sure. Well, comedic line, at least. Like, th this this episode, like, toes the line between comedy and drama really, really well. But it's, like, one of the best comedic lines in the entire series, I think. If not the best. <laughs> Just, like, the sheer absurdity of eating a unicycle. <laughs> uh. I'm sorry. It's so good. It's such a good line. So after uh, Stone gets changed into the tutu and after he ate the unicycle probably, <laughs> Jinx forces him to carry her books and walk around to the amusement of everyone, including some of the staff, which, like, there are some staff members in the robes, as I mentioned, Although some of them might be students as well. But then there's just some, like, regular, regular people that are the staff, I think. I'm not 100% sure. 
They don't they don't have costumes. Like Gizmo just like wears like a jumpsuit. But I'd still say that's a costume. So later in the training room, Stone is lifting some weights, but it's like this like robotic kind of thing where like you can add resistance from a machine that uh, the staff is controlling because we see Brother Blood show up, be impressed by stone lifting weights, and uh, asks the person controlling the resistance to push it to the max. So they raise the resistance on the tech weight, and it gets heavy, but stone is able to lift it, much to Brother Blood's joy. So... Uh, we go on, and at another lunch, he's sitting with Gizmo, Jinx, and Mammoth. And Gizmo compliments the meal, saying the mashed potatoes are dynamite. And they giggle as Stone eats. Stone notices a little bomb in the mashed potatoes and flicks it onto Gizmo's plate. He doesn't notice, but Jinx and Mammoth do. They laugh, and Gizmo yells at them before the mashed potatoes explode on him. So later in class... Brother Blood asks, and so, a good threat letter always needs what? And he calls on Stone, much to Gizmo's dismay. Stone answers misdirection, which was correct, and Gizmo is furious while Jinx is smitten with Stone. (laughs) So, the three corner Stone again, but this time it's to give him a hive communicator, Jinx says that he's officially one of them, but Gizmo's angry and says, that doesn't mean we have to like you, and Stone takes it. So then, back at the tower, Beast Boy is telling the fake Cyborg a joke and makes him say, Booyah! Robin is worried about Cyborg, who hasn't called in four days. So Robin wants to take the initiative, but Starfire says he might jeopardize his position. Raven counters by saying that they might save him. While they're worried, Beast Boy is trying to make the fake cyborg burp. He eventually does, and he cracks up, but everyone else is not amused. But uh, he says, I just want him to be more realistic, you know? Robin goes and calls Cyborg, and Cyborg answers, saying it's not a good time because he has a theory of mayhem tests tomorrow, and he's going to bomb. Robin says, please tell me you're joking. Cyborg says that there's a lot going on. He learned their combat weapons, armor, and they had a dance, and we see a little flash of him dancing with Jinx. Robin is in disbelief, saying, A dance? You're here to find out what they're planning, not learn to tango. Cyborg says he needs more time. Robin says that maybe it's time to go on the offensive. So Cyborg sneaks into a computer room and is looking through stuff. He soon finds what they believe to be the class project, but Brother Blood catches him, and says what it is, which is an ion amplifier. Cyborg tries to hide his identity, but Brother Blood reveals he knows he's Cyborg. So Cyborg drops the disguise and aims his cannon at him, but Brother Blood says, I don't want to fight. And he says the ion amplifier is like small yet powerful and sleek, but it's nothing compared to Cyborg. Cyborg asks, what do you want? Brother Blood replies, It's not what I want that matters. It's what you want and what I can give you. His eyes glow red and Cyborg's eye glows red as well as he is overtaken by Brother Blood's power. Brother Blood approaches Cyborg and touches his cannon 
and it turns into a real arm and Cyborg is impressed. However, once Brother Blood stops using his power, it becomes mechanical again. Brother Blood promises to give Cyborg his life back in exchange for working for him. Cyborg accepts, and Brother Blood thinks it's time to bring everyone into the class project. So Raven sneaks into the hive hallway and looks around and says, Clear, Robin and Starfire enter, and they tell Beast Boy to come on, and he pushes the fake Cyborg in, and he's exhausted, saying the next time that Cyborg makes a fake robot of himself, it should come with instructions. So the fake Cyborg starts shouting, but Beast Boy covers his mouth as a starfish. They track uh, Cyborg's real Cyborg signal and find it below them, but they fall into a trapdoor into the training grounds. Brother Blood greets them and says, I'd introduce you to my students, but I'm fairly certain you've already met. It pans over to Jinx, Gizmo, Mammoth, and Stone. Stone calls out, Attack Pattern Alpha, and they go on the offensive. The Titans are shocked while Brother Blood smiles and glows his eyes once again. So, Gizmo fires some missiles, but they dodge. Brother Blood calls out, No mercy! No mercy! Starfire uh, fires on Mammoth and Jinx, but they dodge, and Mammoth topples the pillar to try to get Starfire, but she flies out of the way. This action sequence is really good. I know all of them are, but this one's, like, really good. I, I keep repeating myself on, like, a lot of these points. Like, and, like, especially since we're into Season 3 now, there's going to be, like, some repetition. But, like, this is a really good fight scene. <laughs> so, Jinx fires on Raven, but she blocks it. And then Raven throws some pillars at her, but Jinx uh, jumps onto them and runs them up. The pillars, like, land in the wall, and Robin is running away from Gizmo. But when he gets enough distance, he throws a bird orang, taking out Gizmo's mechanical legs. Stone comes in to fight Robin, and they uh, do a little bit of CQC, but in the middle of it, Robin asks him to cool it, but Stone throws him. Beast Boy is trying to make the fake cyborg attack and finds out it's simpler than he thought. <laughs> so once attack mode is engaged, the bugs kick in and he runs through a wall. Starfire is firing towards Jinx, but is taunted by Gizmo. She fires, but it's another hologram. She is swarmed by the holograms as Gizmo saying, you can't hit me, you can't hit me, but then emits an AOE blast which knocks Gizmo down. <laughs> Mammoth comes in and tackles Starfire, leaving her like implanted into the ground. Robin and Stone are still going at it and Robin tells Cyborg to drop the act and Stone says, this isn't an act. And he knocks Robin down by Starfire who has like moved but is still like stumbling so stone approaches robin to like take him down for the count fake cyborg tackles him through the wall but stone throws him back through an upper portion of the wall and uh is ready for more beast boy gets thrown and raven is pushed back by jinx gizmo captures the four of them in a force field and they are trapped so it's stone versus fake cyborg now stone gets a lot of good hits in but fake cyborg comes in with a punch and says, Booyah! Stone says, Booyah this, and he punches fake cyborg. Fake cyborg gets his uh, cannon out, but Stone destroys it with the punch and just lays into fake cyborg completely. This, this is another brutal scene. 
where like he does it so much like his ring breaks revealing it to be cyborg the titans look on in horror at like what cyborg did to the fake cyborg jinx and mammoth are shocked but gizmo says he knew the whole time that he's one of them but brother blood says no he's one of us now cyborg's eye glows red and he says and i'm ready to prove it brother blood gives him the ion amplifier and says it will power him up in ways you cannot imagine cyborg readies his cannon points at the titans they plead but cyborg says he has new friends now he then goes psych and turns the cannon on brother blood but brother blood manages to like make a force field of it but the powered up uh like blast like goes through the roof and causes the school to crumble and the students and faculty escape brother blood tells cyborg he made a foolish mistake he prepares his escape with mammoth and gizmo on board cyborg and jinx look at each other jinx says you could have been one of us cyborg replies i could have been a lot of things jinx goes with brother blood and her compatriots and they escape cyborg frees the titans from the force field and with raven's help they flee the school at the tower, Cyborg apologizes for playing rough, but he had to get Brother Blood to trust him that he was on uh, his side once he figured out the power of the Ion Amplifier. Raven asks how Cyborg avoided mind control, and Cyborg says it's because half of his brain is a machine, so Brother Blood can't control it. Robin is impressed, saying that they have a secret weapon the next time they confront Brother Blood. So, uh, Cyborg, still having one of the rings, is admiring Stone in the mirror again before saying, Goodbye, Stone. Starfire comes back and says, For your thoughts, I would pay six flagrams. Cyborg replies, If that's your way of asking how I'm doing, I'm fine. He looks at his hands again and says, You know, I never got to finish high school because of this. So when I was at the Hive, I felt normal. He changes back and Starfire says, I've only known you like this, so to me, you are normal. And then Robin and the others come in and say, uh, because he left, he has to get reinitiated, and they hold up another tutu, a pink wig, and a rubber chicken. Cyborg tries to refuse, but they start to drag him, and Starfire walks behind them to join in on the fun, ending the episode. Before we get too far on that, I'm going to say that there's a 50% chance that that bit gets retconned uh i'm not gonna explain why but there's a later episode where it's probable that they retconned it but it could go either way so we'll get there when we get there and i did promise i wouldn't say anything about this here but just to clarify i don't think it contradicts tara's welcoming into the titans because her circumstances are different she was homeless and really anxious, to say the least. As much as they're putting Cyborg through the ringer here, they at least have the common sense not to embarrass someone as volatile as Terra on purpose. They sort of accidentally <laughs> did it, uh, you know, in Terra, but that wasn't, you know, intentional in any way, shape, or form. It was just, like, bad circumstances. So, now that we're at the end of the episode... Let's let's go back into like the trans stuff and I guess more so the like theme of the overall episode which could be 
trans allegory, but it is more at top of mind right now than it is intentional. There's a there's a lot. So I did think it would be a little more involved, but I have said it's unintentional, so it's not like rife with it. But like the whole theme of the episode like talks about like normalcy and being accepted. And despite having the rough start, Hive did accept Stone. And like Cyborg talks about this with Starfire where like he felt normal. Like he didn't finish high school because of his cyborgness. And he was given the opportunity to do just that. Like, through different circumstances, sure. But, like, like he, he understands, like, you know, if he wasn't a cyborg, you could, like, have all of this. And there's, like, there's, like, a clear allegory of, like, if I wasn't trans or gay or whatever, I could have all of this, but it's not a choice in the matter. You are who you are. And like, there are times where that means something has to give. As unfortunate as that is, whether you are a cyborg or trans or whatever, something might have to give. I'm not saying that that's the way it should be. I'm saying that that's the way it is. And, like, there's the exchange with him and Jinx where Jinx says, you could have been one of us. And Cyborg replies, I could have been a lot of things, which is true. He could have been a lot of things if he wasn't Cyborg. But he is Cyborg. So that's who he is. And Brother Blood, like, has this promise of giving him a normal life. A, a, a normal life that, like, was taken away from him the minute he became Cyborg. And, like... There are differences, like, to be sure, but, like, the moment that you accept the part of yourself that is, like, different from other people, like, like, that, that's, that's it. Like, uh, there, there's just, like, Part of me feels like I'm, like, looking at something that's not even there. But, like, like without the transness, there is still, like, like a wanting to be, like, normal and accepted for who you are. Like, theme throughout the episode, even if it's not explicitly a trans allegory. There's still, like, a lot of things you can be that is, like, not normal. <laughs> And, like, Cyborg is an encompassing of it because at one point he was, like, quote-unquote normal, where he was just, like, an average, like, high schooler 
a football player, but that that ended, and that's that's like a, a theme throughout the episode. But like, once he accepts who he is, that's just who he is. There's nothing like he can do about it except besides accept it and like live his best life through that and like brother blood thinks he can change it but he can't change it and then then there's like the the conversations with him and starfire where like starfire was trying to say this at the beginning and did say it at the end where like she says you are normal like cyborg being cyborg is normal to her that that is how she understands cyborg and like that that's her treating cyborg with like the dignity and respect that like he he wants that like he was being treated with at the hive academy and like the titans do that with some missteps like i did point out robin's line at the beginning but yeah and like like they know it's just like there there are things that like happen where like certain things you say can like sting even even though you don't intend them to but like at the end of the day cyborg is normal despite everything cyborg is normal and we should respect cyborg and we should respect him did i say respect i thought i said accept I'm I'm sort of rambling on this, but like the big the big thing here is like respect, dignity, and like people should just be treated as people no matter what. And like there there's like like the the trans thing is at like top of mind right now because like there there's a lot of that going on, but like Like, it, it's not limited to that. So, yeah, I guess, like, the thing is, like, it's a, it's a universal desire, but, like, the, like, the, like, there, a lot of people have been going after trans people recently, so I guess that's why I was at top of mind, but, hmm. This is a learning experience. See, this this is why I don't, like, research, like, what, uh, like, the creators or whatever have to say about this usually. Because this is supposed to be, like, a reaction on my part. Like, as, like, informative as I want it to be. I also want to see like what my reaction is and I want you to see what my reaction is as well. So 
I may have oversold the trans allegory even on the basis of it's probably unintentional. But there is still something there on the basis of like wanting to just be treated with like dignity and respect and treating others as such and figuring out who you want to be and what your strength is and that sort of ties into like cyborg's more intended theme of like masculinity because like you know being masculine has like a lot of like toxicity around it where it doesn't need to and you know giving up on your like morals to just give in to your own self-interests is not masculine but like being who you want to be and like standing up for your friends and like doing all that that is like non-toxic masculinity and cyborg has it on display here and i guess we're sort of transitioning into like the episode overall because like this is like the opener we're jumping into like the story of the season right off the bat and like it's about Cyborg, and one of the, like, interesting things they do to teach us that is that Cyborg is the first Titan we see, and he's the first Titan that, like, does anything in the episode. And then the rest of the episode continues, and we get to see Cyborg, like, on, like, a new level like one we haven't really seen before we've seen like different sides of cyborg before but like this one like gets really in depth on him and like it makes sense because like he's the main titan of this story and like we're informed of that especially since like brother blood is also really interested in him Speaking of Brother Blood, Brother Blood, he is such a good villain and a really good arc villain, too. Like, he's similar to Slade in a lot of ways, but is also rather different, and it makes for a new and interesting villain. Because, like, I don't know, Slade, as, like, manipulative as he is, he's not emotive as, like, brother blood and like Slade doesn't have powers brother blood has powers and he uses them to get what he wants but like they still want to control people and they still want to do evil things but like the their approaches are different and like as much as I love Slade as a villain him being the arc villain all the time would have gone stale. So this is a nice reprieve. And they also picked a like sort of loose thread to tackle with this like academy of young villains just out there. And they go into it and like try to tie it up too. So like 
this episode just like really knocks it out of the park. It almost has to because of how last season ended, but they just like go into it and say, here's a new story and they develop it so well that like you're into it right away. And it's incredibly layered. It has like slices of humor of it, but like it's filled with like intrigue and like cyborgs like desire to like be seen as normal and like like him falling into the trap is made believable even though it's it's a fake out at the end you believe it up to that point because like you you see everything that builds up to that point like brother blood likes him the students like him brother blood promises to give him what he thinks he wants and like jinx has a little crush on him like despite it being like a school for villains he has like a normal life and like he gives it up to be the hero and that's that's great and i talked about that already but like like it is a surprise when he says psych to us not when like we believe he fell into the trap because we believe it. And that is great. And I love the way this episode is structured and like, yeah, it's season three is starting off with like the best possible foot forward. And in doing so, like we, we see like new sides of like, jinx we we get introduced to like brother blood we like go into cyborg like a lot more than we we've known about up to this point like this episode just like keeps going and like the fine line it walks between comedy and the and the intrigue and drama is really good like it goes so late into it where like the fake cyborg starts like just screaming and like beast boy has to turn into a starfish to cover him up that that is a humorous bit and then like from there until like thing until like the ending bit it's not as funny like oh no that's not entirely true there's like beast boy trying to figure out how to turn battle mode on which is kind of funny but then it gets serious again like really serious up to like the point where cyborg just bashes in the fake so yeah season three is starting strong and uh i'm gonna say that will be it for this episode of the last slice of pizza i want to once again thank the unknown king for the use of the theme song and be sure to leave your comments and reviews on anchor on apple podcasts on the google play store and wherever else rss feeds go when they sneak in to an evil school 
and be sure to tune in next time when we go over the episode X. I will see you then.